Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, will Canada find support in its push for a global minimum carbon price? Some of us have tried to have this conversation 15 years ago or 10 years ago or even five years ago, and there was very little appetite for it. And what we heard this morning very clearly from a number of governments, Sweden, the European Union, Canada obviously, but also from business leaders, uh, from, from international institutions like the World Bank and the IMF is that not only not only is it possible to do it, but we need to do it. The Prime Minister says he's confident flags will be raised by Remembrance Day. We continue uh, to work very closely uh, with partners, uh, with Indigenous peoples, with communities across the country. There is an understanding of how important it is to be able to lower the flags on Remembrance Day to mark uh, our veterans, to mark uh, people, in do including Indigenous peoples. And Heather Stefanson is sworn in as Manitoba's Premier as an opponent files a court challenge over the results. I think it's really disappointing um, and, uh, you know, that they're, they're taking that that action. Um, but you know what, I'm not going to get, uh, you know, focused on that uh, moving forward. I think, you know, we're here, uh, we're a government, we formed a government, and uh, we're going to continue to listen to Manitobans. It's Wednesday, November 3rd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. So the Prime Minister is on his way back from Glasgow from the COP26 conference, and uh, and Canada is pushing for a global carbon price. Um, what kind of support do you think the Prime Minister is going to get from that, and what kind of reaction do you think he's going to get back home? Well, uh, you know, Canada and Trudeau are not the only people pushing for that type of approach to uh uh, to emissions and to carbon pricing. Um, you know, it's the best known one because, uh, you know, here in Canada, this is what we've been arguing about for quite a few years now, as you'll recall, Mark. I mean, and there's quite a, been quite a transformation in the discussion over the past few years where we had uh, at least one major party, the Conservatives, uh, trashing the whole idea for year after year after year. And as a result, um you know, creating a sense out there in the community that uh, among the population that carbon pricing is some terrible new tax that is going to impoverish everybody to no good use at all. Um, so we are moving beyond that because I think a lot of people are saying, well, this is something that's understandable. And, you know, Mark, because the corporate world is starting to understand that they have to take a role in this. They're quite willing to do it. And a price is something that any corporation can deal with. They can understand ideas like pricing and costs and add them into their, into their production uh, budgets or their, uh, into their business plans and, um, and, and cope with it a lot better. And let's face it, a lot of pollution comes from companies of all across the industrial spectrum and uh, transportation spectrum. And, and this is really where the message has to get out. And so I think this does represent some kind of change, uh, change in attitudes at least. And that's where you have to, that's where you have to be if you're going to make change on the practical level as well. Yeah. 
And what about the reaction at home, Dan? Uh, obviously, uh, there there are going to be people, and already this week there have been people, including the Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, who have been have been pushing back against uh, the Prime Minister's plans and saying it's going to be damaging to the Canadian economy. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you know, the usual suspects are making these arguments on both sides. That I mean, uh, Justin Trudeau's views on uh, on carbon pricing and greenhouse gas limitation are well known, and so are Jason Kenney's. And uh, if you ask me, far more Canadians agree with with Trudeau, if not with him per se, but with that point of view, than agree with Jason Kenney, who is. Uh, increasingly finding themselves on this smaller and smaller patch of rhetorical ground in which very few people, even even the major oil companies in Alberta, Mark, are talking about uh, greenhouse gas limitation, em- emissions limitations, um, ga- uh, carbon pricing. Uh, they need the certainty, uh, you know, that, that uh, a more stable environment will bring. Uh, major oil companies don't need to be wallowing around with rising sea levels and melting glaciers. They need to be in a place where their company can uh, make predictions about the future and base business decisions on that. So I think over time, everyone or the the vast majority of people, the voting part of the people out there, are going to come around to the idea that carbon pricing is one of the tools to fight climate change and and one that we better get at sooner and or pay the price later. All right, let's turn to reconciliation and remembrance day. Um, the prime minister was asked about the flags on government buildings including on the Peace Tower in downtown Ottawa and uh, he said there might be a solution that would allow them to be uh, they've been flying at half mast of course uh, to uh, to um, commemorate the victims of uh, of from residential schools uh, since those discoveries were made a few months ago. Um, and the Prime Minister said there might be a solution that would allow the flags to be raised again and then lowered for Remembrance Day. What are you hearing about that? Well, I, I think that's probably what you're going to see happening. Um, you know, the, the Royal Canadian Legion is talking about doing that at the National War Memorial in Ottawa to raise the flag right before the the Remembrance Day ceremony, and then return it to half-mast afterward. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I would think that, um, uh, that the federal government is reaching out to Indigenous communities across the country and Indigenous leaders, uh, suggesting a compromise along those lines to allow that to go ahead. And, and let's not forget, Mark, that you know thousands and thousands of First Nations people have served in the armed forces over the years and have many, many heroes uh, of the Canadian armed forces who ha- have been from First Nations communities. So I think they want to also uh, pay heed to the sacrifices of the past as well. Uh, so I think something could be found to uh, to accommodate both sides, and you're certainly not going to see Remembrance Day go by without um, proper respect given to uh, to our people, uh, our military heroes of the past. So uh, this is still going to go ahead, and I'm I'm pretty sure they'll find some sort of a uh, uh, an agreement that will allow this to go ahead, and everybody's sensibilities to be respected. Yeah. And then I, I, I presume would would there be 
you know, would it be likely that the flag would be lowered again after Remembrance Day? I, I think that's likely what will happen, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, it could be lowered for quite a while. I mean, I don't think you could have it, uh, you know, you can't have a country in which the flag only goes halfway up the flagpole. I'm, I'm sorry to make it sound sort of simplistic. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think eventually uh, there has to be a longer-term solution uh, this is a symbolic gesture, after all. I think First Nations people have seen many, many symbolic gestures over the years and much prefer to see concrete, practical uh, steps being taken. Um, and I think if the federal government is able to come up with, with more along the lines of true reconciliation and true um, uh, practical uh, steps, that I think they'll be able to lower the flag and, and move on from that symbolic step. All right, let's turn to Manitoba, where Heather Stefanson was sworn in yesterday as the premier. Um, but Shelley Glover, uh, who was her main opponent in, in the leadership race in a very close outcome, has filed a court challenge and in an interview yesterday said, I am the premier. Um, so this is, uh, there's, there's kind of two alternate storylines going on here. Um, where will it end? Well, what does it remind you of, Mark? Uh, <laughs> a disputed election, and, yeah. Yeah, disputed elections, fake news, uh, you know, mass conspiracies, uh, missing ballots, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that the ceremony I watched on television yesterday, which uh, show, uh, showed how Heather Stephenson being sworn in and signing her name, and being congratulated, and she sure looked like the Premier of Manitoba to me. And uh, I can tell you from long experience that once someone becomes the Premier, it's hellishly hard to dislodge them from that. And I can't see Shelley Glover winning any kind of lawsuit or court action that is going to make, after all, the Conservative Party of Manitoba, or the, uh, yeah, the Conser- Progressive Conservative Party of Manitoba is not a uh, a public uh, sort of you know organization it's a private organization uh, that uh, does things according to its own rules and its own regulations and uh, i mean Charlie Glover can go around and cause trouble within that party all she wants that she has every right to do that she has every right to talk about conspiracies and missing ballot boxes and suspicious this and that um, but, you know, all the while, someone else is going to be the premier of the province and is going to be making the decisions on behalf of the people of Manitoba. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Shelley Glover was never a superstar when she was at the federal cabinet level under Prime Minister Harper. And uh, these types of antics are starting to look a little bit uh, too Trumpy uh, for anybody's comfort around here. All right. We'll see what happens with that. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark. That's Dan Legere, a longtime political writer and broadcaster. Making sure that pollution isn't free anywhere is a very smart and powerful idea. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues Justin Trudeau is right about the need to make carbon pricing global. Iveson writes... A rising carbon tax and a cap on oil and gas emissions in Canada are both happening, and there is very little opponents of those policies can do about it. What they can do is urge Justin Trudeau to make sure the economic pain caused by this upheaval is not in vain. 
The idea is to ensure that domestic producers don't decamp to countries without a carbon tax and to make sure that production at home is not undercut by rivals who pay no price on carbon. Trudeau's task is to make sure that Canada does not get unfairly penalized for the actions it is taking. In the Toronto Star, Heather Schofield asks if Justin Trudeau can spread Canada's carbon price and help save the world. Schofield writes, For initiatives like this to succeed, we need time and diplomatic heroics. The verdict is out on both of those. There are 69 different countries with 69 different ways of pricing carbon. All the goodwill and ambition about climate change won't diminish the technical difficulties around that. Justin Trudeau knows better than anyone, after having to fight repeated political and legal battles to entrench the carbon price, even heft doesn't guarantee much when it comes to asking people to pay. In the Ottawa Citizen, Jacqueline Best argues the Bank of Canada should go slow on raising interest rates. Best writes, There is huge uncertainty surrounding the future trajectory of inflation. The global economy has never been through a COVID pandemic before, and we don't yet know quite what the long-term effects will be. But that uncertainty doesn't justify a return to knee-jerk anti-inflation arguments. Let's hope that the Bank of Canada sticks to its cautious, evidence-based approach and doesn't let the inflation fearmongers have their way. We will all lose out if the Bank of Canada tightens its policy too soon. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister is returning to Ottawa from the COP26 conference in Glasgow. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland and Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson will continue to take part in events at COP26. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, November 3rd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.